Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Intermission. This episode is the first one to be recorded by a robot, so if you notice any disparities or comments about being heavily edited in about uh, the robot revolution, then now you know. Yeah, turns out our glorious supreme Doom Radio overlord, Alfonso, has set up a server, a robot, a studio, and even little drinks for us to enjoy. Very nice of him. I'm pretty sure this drink isn't poisoned either. Don't touch the spirits. <laughs> I mean, it's a nice thing. I mean, <laughs> you just noticed that... Kinsey, <laughs> damn it, you're supposed to die at the end. Not the beginning. <laughs> I think it's fine. Well, this time we've got the beautiful, beautiful rivalry come flesh. We've got the Z-Doomers and we've got the Doom Worlders on two sides here. We've got me, we've got Kinsey, hey. we've got Alfonso, and we've got Matrop. M-Trop. Matropicano. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I like to think that I'm kind of uh, of Switzerland in this whole uh, land war here. I, I'm just, uh, I just gravitate from place to place uh, where people make stuff for Doom and mm-hmm, other mm-hmm. such things and well, let's uh, just get the uh let's just get the matt tropicana joke out of the way since we're talking about drinks okay just uh, get, i didn't even think about that i'm sorry well like all of my friends in high school and college and man, are you are drinking crazy. already <laughs> <laughs> yeah i am i mean what's, what's the beer of the evening what are you doing the beer of the, <laughs> the beer of the evening is uh avance uh, uh by the Allagash Brewing Company in, uh, I believe they're in Maine, I think. Mm. Portland, Portland, uh, Maine. Mm. Yeah. The other yeah. Portland. It didn't take long to instill this feature on this podcast. I mean, it seems to be a thing <laughs> with every podcasting <laughs> endeavor. Wow. You can look forward to the regular edition on our next uh, entries. We will start talking about the beer of the night and what we are going to drink. <laughs> Mate, I'm boring. I'm drinking coffee. Well, uh, and that killed the conversation. I mean, I like, yeah, this is uh, this is good radio. Just this dead air right after the right after us talking about what we're yeah. doing. Term, get your cricket sound file. I just I start mentioning I'm drinking coffee, and then I can just hear the atmosphere drop as everyone stares at me in disgust. Well, anyway, if you're looking for something to sink your teeth into, we've actually got a whole bunch of fancy new controversies going around in the community. We've got a nice little map set here that spanned controversies across two separate forums, licking on the heels of a third. Map set made for an early version of Zedoom known as Lilith.pk3. Lilith.pk3, made by Anotac. It is a simple mod, a very, very simple mod, but it requires a specific version of Zedoom in order to make use of a whole bunch of rendering tricks and glitches and errors in the code in order to create what is probably can only be referred to as a secret world. If any of you are familiar with the old Metroid 2 Return of Samus, there was the ability to go outside of the map into a secret world where everything was just wrong. Is this one of those haunted Game Boy cartridge creepypastas? It sure looks like it. It's Doom Guy's eyes turned black and ultra realistic. Doom Two.exe. <laughs> <laughs> ultra violent blood started pouring out. 
My God, who the hell writes those things? It's got to be like an eleven-year-old kid that like just doesn't know what the heck creepy or 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 horrifying is, and it's just probably not pasta either. No, it's not. No, I mean, well, if you want to go for the easy joke, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, it's, there's this weird innocence in all of those like terrible, terrible, creepy pastas where they don't even they don't even make it seem creepy or 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 frightening it's just that like they try to put what's in their head into writing and it's just terrible because it's it's not it's nothing that anybody else would find frightening matt are you are you okay at all are you you okay i think we hit his button (laughs) i mean mean, it's okay it's okay matt there's no creepy pastas here they're not gonna hurt you i can't even eat it I'm just sorry, man. I can't. I can't have another repeat run of Sonic.exe. I just can't. I just can't, man. Nightmares for days. Matt, Matt, Nightmares this for is days. A safe space. <laughs> the aesthetic of Lilith is something that just really cannot be denied. It is. I, I can't describe it. It just looks. It, it looks glitchy as hell, but in a fascinating way. It's broken, but it's intentionally broken. You know, what, you know what it kind of looks like? Like, if you took the partial invisibility power-up and you added color to it, and, like, it has that, like, weird wavy, like, uh, a jaggedness to everything, and it just duplicates a whole bunch of pixels in, in bizarre ways. Like, I know somebody's going to appreciate, mm-hmm. like, this mod. And I'm, I'm not saying, like, I, I don't. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, you know, somebody trying something new, and that's always a, a worthwhile thing to do. Like... Mm-hmm. I think the first time it was advertised, uh, it was as yeah, like it was it was Anotech going like, oh, I just reinstalled Doom from these floppies, and oh, some weird shit happened, and um, and I'm like, how did he achieve this? How did because like, you know, it's just data errors, you just fuck everything up. But it's like how, like, I'm I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of intrigued just how he pulled um, it off. That whole thing, like trying to figure out how he pulled it off. It reminds, this is a bit of a slightly esoteric uh, reference, I guess, but it reminds me of uh, what uh, Rob Sheridan, the longtime art director for Nine Inch Nails, did with like the, uh, like the dual booklet artwork for the soundtrack for The Social Network. He had these promotional stills hmm. in the movie that he had to use in some way, because, you know, Hollywood movie and that, and he basically did horrible things to them to glitch them out. And I remember one of the tactics he mentioned using was like a opening the JPEG files up in like a whatever the Mac equivalent of Notepad is, pasting in reams of erotic fan fiction, and seeing <laughs> how the Mac preview app uh, tried to interpret it. Wow, that that's one way to make music. I I, I, feel, I feel like that's uh, what is it like? You always get like interesting stuff happening when you have uh, somebody not understand what uh, compression is and just seeing just winging it like just seeing seeing what happens if they just like tinker with things because like, like i mean a lot of a lot of good stuff comes from experimentation a lot of good stuff comes from uh just um you know changing a little thing and see how that affects other things and uh, uh you get really like unique crap like uh i don't mean crap isn't terrible i mean like, like unique unique stuff like uh uh uh, uh lilith there's not really a lot like it it really isn't. 
I'll admit I haven't really played it at the moment because, again, it requires an earlier version of ZDoom that, and I'm kind of lazy to have like 10 different versions of ZDoom on my hard drive. <laughs> Which brings us to at least one of the teacup-sized storms that brewed up over this in that... Uh, Graphs all flipped to shit. Yeah, basically, yeah. it's one <laughs> There's of There's no other way to point it. I guess the way to put it is that it's just one of those storm in a teacup things where something... Uh, I've been saying that a lot today, I'm sorry. But, like, it's one of those things where something comes up and everyone sort of overreacts and people overreact to that and just this weird domino effect about things that really, yeah. ultimately, don't really matter all that much. The irony of the whole thing is really is that um, an attack had been... Uh, hanging out in one of the secret alternative Illuminati compound ISCs. And uh, for a while, while he was working on this thing, his, I mean, he would choke screenshots occasionally and we would all ogle over the, you know, the aesthetic we've been talking about. But he was really just keen to make, to make sure it played well, which is obviously not what anyone's focusing on. And so he sees this whole controversy as something of, of a distraction. That's the difficult thing with uh, mods that have a, sort of a key gimmick in that a lot of the gameplay side of things isn't talked about as much uh, in favour of how it looks. And I've beaten on this horse a lot and I apologise for bringing it up again, but Blade of Agony is another example of that sort of thing. Oh, the, boy. <laughs> where the focus is really on how it looks and how it's stretching the engine and that, while the gameplay side of things it's, it's, is sort of uh, generally ignored. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, a, it's like a, it's a, a, a Tormentor 667 production or something. Yeah, something. funny that. Then you compare it with something like, say, Rise of the Wall Ball, and it comes out, and the graphical presentation is non-existent. Hmm. I mean, or it's it's it still has a style uh, in some way, like a very cartoonish style, and and but it's not important. Quit of... trying to vicariously defend Square. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to defend Square. Like I'm not trying to like uh, have a veiled attack on on, on Torm and and uh, attack of the uh, MS Paint uh, mods. Honestly, if you if if you, I love uh, Rise of the Wool Ball and Shadow of the Wool Ball. I think they're they're amazing, uh, yet glossed over kind of uh, uh, things released in the Doom community, and I'm, and I'm hoping they they get more eyes than just our ragtag group of Doom appreciators. Yeah, they, it's something that the rest of the world needs to know about, really. Mm-hmm. And funny thing is, Rise of the Wool Ball too. It got a little bit embroiled because it ran on an earlier version of GC Doom 2. But that got fixed. Mm-hmm. Turns out that was less of a design decision and more just that the author just hadn't updated their build in a while. Mm-hmm. And something mm-hmm. had uh, accidentally broken or something in the Zscript transition. So that was quickly fixed. One really interesting side effect of this whole debacle uh, is the CAC Awards. It's, this is the most politicized decision <laughs> we're going to have to front up to here, Terminus. Uh, I don't think any any candidate has ever been so... Hotly uh, demanded. Yeah, I mean, people people are recommending that it, that it be given a CAC Award purely as a means to... as a, a middle finger a of the graph. fight award, <laughs> as it were. Uh, <laughs> I mean... No, nah, don't, turn, don't turn it into the Academy Awards. I mean, we already have it. At the, the, it's nice. Nice. That's not the Horrible Academy Awards. I mean, 
But maybe, may, maybe that's the legitimization that we need, man. Maybe this is the step that needs to be taken. Yeah, I don't know. I, I could, I could do without it turning into the Academy Awards. I was still, you know what? I, I know for a fact that, like, was it me and and you, Alfonso, were kind of uh, against Square Episode One getting an award simply because it's not finished. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. the that entire thing not finished. Look, I'm just gonna say we've snubbed things before out of spite. We can also award things out of spite. Nice. And then those things can get unsnubbed by the awards creator out of spite. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it just breeds bad blood all around if that happens. Yeah. It, I, yeah. The uh, special mention award for not getting lynched by certain parts of the community if this didn't get an award. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it'll be the most specific award awarded to anything. All right. Well, it's it's... Like, it's way too early for us to, like, have seriously discussed the CAC Awards, but I'm just going to lay this out right now for everyone that's listening to. If we do give it an award, it will be based off of its own accomplishments, not the reaction to the community. <laughs> they'll, but... they'll be able to read through the text. There's no <laughs> substance in the write-up. They'll say, obviously, we know what's going they'll on. They'll say that anyway. Dude. Scuba's the one that writes through text, not me. Oh yeah, that's right. Bullshit artist. <laughs> Am I right in thinking that uh, that uh, KMX is not part of the writing staff for this year? He's, he's too yeah. busy, unfortunately. KMX has officially penned a public retirement letter. Life has hit him hard. And unfortunately, he will no longer be part of the CAC Awards team, which is a really, really huge loss because he was, by and far, not only the most knowledgeable, but the most enthusiastic. He... He just loved Doom. He loved playing Doom. Even the more questionable stuff, he was always looking for the good stuff in that, and that was good. That was good. KMX was a good guy. I'm sure he'll swing around at some point. He doesn't seem like the sort of guy who can keep himself away. Well, let's be honest. We all know what happens to everyone who tries to quit Doom. (laughs) They all come back. They all come back. Just remember, you can never leave. But thank you to KMX for all of the service you have ever done, and we will miss you this year. We wish you well in your future endeavors. Is that how the press releases usually go? Kind of. <laughs> yeah, we have actually brought two people into the fold, but uh, we'll probably leave this spoilers. We'll, uh, wait <laughs> yeah, this is, now we're getting into the point yeah. where we haven't released stuff. But hmm. from then on, the second biggest controversy of our community this time the big grudge match alfonso i hear you've been oh, picking fights shit. with other ding people. ding ah yeah that, this was spur of the moment like i could i could dress this up as my attempt to sort of instigate a new sort of a uh, multiplayer scene in doom world which is very big of me wow to go that far but really this is this is just a this snowballed from a simple grudge match into the rest of the multiplayer scene flocking towards this silly duel, uh, which, uh, let's be honest, I'm going to win. Um, I'm going to lay the smack down. I'm going to miss you when you're gone, Pond. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, part, part of the controversy surrounding this is, has been uh, immediately before, this is largely just coincidental timing. Mm-hmm. Um, 40 Ounce was, was in the multiplayer sub-forum of Doom World talking about how uh, the sort of knowledge depth that you need to have in order to perform 
in duels or in deathmatch or something like that. And then a lot of established players kept swung by and they said, actually, no, that's not, you know, it's not about footwork and movement. It's actually more about aiming. And then he says, that's not really what I was trying to say. And then this whole discussion broke out. Fortio is starting a shitstorm. That's new. <laughs> mm. Quite as an aside, I decided, okay, like, this is completely coincidental timing. I promise you. I was like, wouldn't it be great to organize a duel between the two sort of podcast hosts, main podcast hosts, in order to sort of publicize multiplayer and do multiple a little bit, tap into that untapped reservoir. And then, of course, because it coincided so strongly with this recent event, people started to swing by and, and now it's ballooned into something a little larger than just a grudge match. It's become, <laughs> it's become a battle. So man- let folks. me get this straight. <laughs> A manufactured duel between two people in an attempt to promote something where people are sure that one of them is more likely to win. Is this basically the Mayweather-McGregor of multiplayer? Except both people can win. (laughs) (laughs) And none of them are huge pieces of shit. Bam. That's a gauntlet that's thrown down. Well, it has been argued that neither of us could duel our way out of a paper bag, which is probably correct. I'm sure I'm oh. sure to people on the outside, well, no, it's true. I mean, I'm a garbage deathmatch player, but, you know, relatively speaking, I'm probably an Anadonis versus uh, 40 ounces. I, I, would, I would say uh, I've, I've played against Alfonso, and I am, I, am, I am wowed at his ability to be as good as he is with, like, 200 millisecond ping like anywhere between like 100 and 200 and I'm just like oh my god he he lives in the lag he he knows it's like it's like water to him he like moves like water through the latency of the internet and coincidentally and, it often feels like water are you trying to say I'm Keanu Reeves and <laughs> <laughs> just kicks my ass every single time anyway look the full out of this is that all, when all is said and done I'm hoping people will be more interested in multiplayer that's the way I'm working it up internally that's the way that Forty Ounce and I've communicated this idea. Although publicly, of course, we won't. Mm-hmm. We won't really, I mean, this is publicly, so I, I have said to the contrary. But mm. yeah, I'm going to kick his ass. Well, at the very least, it'll be a fantastic little bit of activity for the uh, not exactly active multiplayer scene. More importantly, it'll be a bit of activity that isn't related to like a Mega Man deathmatch or whatever. The, whatever Zanjo like so. plays uh, 24-7, 365 nowadays. I'll have you yeah. know they play Doom. I mean, the- that's debatable. <laughs> See, it's just the, the question always seems to be about how do you revive the existing multiplayer community? And I think, given that it is essentially in ruins, <laughs> at least the competitive scene is, the, I mean, mm. a more pertinent question may be to ask, you know, just think about making a new one. Building a new one on the rubble. Well, a separate one, or at least. Mm-hmm. Not to come uh, in. I, I was, I was, um, what was it? Well, last year when I was at a QuakeCon and I was talk- talking to a bunch of other like multiplayer Doom people, like uh, Demon Sphere and um, uh, who else was there? Was Wartorn there? No, it was it was Demon Sphere and uh, ah shit, I forget who else. Sorry if I forgot your your handle or name, but like. Uh, I was I was asked like yeah what do you what do you you've been around a lot Matt well because I have been I guess and he's like what why do you think like the, the multiplayer Doom scene isn't as like large as it is and I'm like well I'm thinking it's more than likely source port fragmentation at this point because you have a lot of multiplayer people that are uh, set in their ways of what feels comfortable and they're going all going to flock to the uh, source ports that um, give them the options that in which they can comfortably play in or 
because like you know when, when you're playing a, a fast reflex game like doom you're you're going to be uh, uh worrying a lot about how things control how how the client handles lag and all that other stuff and it feels like everybody has like no this is the way it should be and no this is the way it should be and then the, all these ports kind of like uh, happen and then nothing really uh supports any new things and it, i think it just fragments based on technology alone and then uh, a bunch of people like take their ball and go home elsewhere and it, it i think i think it's just it's not going to be like maybe like one a league or or something it's it's going to have to also be technology, but then again, I'm biased because like I'm a programmer, and I, and I kind of yeah. see this. Well, it's very complicated, as far as I understand. Um, Everyone has their own like little personal theory as to what's killing Zandronum, and really, we can't really speak about <laughs> any of them because there's some people that's talking about new projects aren't coming out because people aren't making things. Well, frankly, that's a big fat fucking lie because I started three entirely separate yeah. projects. Where, hey, make something. And the response was overwhelming. People made stuff. People made stuff in gusto. And there's another right. there's another person who's talking about how uh, Twitch streamers are somehow killing Xandronum, which I, I don't even know how stupid you have to be to believe that. But, hey, you know, whatever. Fucking I, kids I, with I their Twitches think, yeah. and their Napsters and their <laughs> Facebooks. Damn. Yeah. The YouTubes and the Twitters. Yeah. The argument, though, is 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 that the competitive scene specifically is is what's in threat, not Xander and them. I mean, obviously, multiplayer in, in some form has, shows no sign of slowing down and does have innovation in some corners. But if we're talking the competitive scene, then it's then it's a complicated beast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's it's very it's it's can't really pinpoint one single thing. I mean, there's also like history in the past with like the multiplayer community with like uh, a whole bunch of like horrible uh, 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 moderation being done on the servers for like Z Damon and uh, uh, Od- maybe Odemex. I don't know. I don't even know if Odemex is like a central uh, uh, broadcast server or a central. I know Z Demon at some point had kind of like a roster of like uh, or like a, or a master ban list at some point and. There- there were like a select few people with grudges that ran the thing, which is always a good sign. Yeah, so I mean, like it, it feels like there's 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 a lot of uh, bad history, or at least like really controversial history, and uh, you know, a, a select few people held you know all the major keys to online play, and it feels like the next time it springs up, there's always going to be a power struggle of some kind or or a, or some kind of uh, controversy whether manufactured or real that ends up trying to take the whole thing down with most it. of the time completely mm. manufactured yeah yeah most of the time like that, and that's like the most it, it it's like it's always petty shit too mm-hmm. and unfortunately that is the nature of the beast people love to watch that stuff i mean whether it's in an internet forum for uh, in Sourceport or a Taiwanese basket weaving forum <laughs> or cool, pop culture commentary <laughs> these days or journalism. It's the angry stuff that brings people in. Angry brings people well, in. Well, I mean, you can use that to our benefit. There's, there is a, there's a wealth of... Like, I mean, the grudge match as well. Yeah, as you're trying to use that to your benefit. How's that going? 
Right. Well, exactly. Yeah. But it's not. It's clearly not as big a grudge as we're making out in the forums, right? Anyone with with two noodles in their heads should be able to to put two and two together and figure out that's the case, right? If they're if they're reading genuine animosity, well, there is to an extent. There has to be some sort of competitive element. There is because we're competing podcasts, and he does interviews with the same pe- same people that I'm trying to interview, mm-hmm. um, albeit in a different manner. So there's something there, but there's just such a or there's just a reservoir that we can tap into in Doom World. But we'll see how it goes from there, and uh, hopefully it evolves into something interesting, yeah? All I know is that the last time I, I joined the Dual 40 server in Xandro, uh to get some practice time in with Fonzie, the inferior Fonz, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> he, uh, we were joined by a couple of South American dudes who promptly decided to destroy us and not say a single word. I'm like, jeez. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there's insularity there, and then there's... Uh, uh. Wow, 40-ounce was practicing. Damn. Moving on to something that isn't a controversy. Yet. Boy, after all of that hot fire stuff, it would be nice to move into something simple. Kinsey, I hear you've got a hot new release out, Juvenile Power Fantasy. Well, I wouldn't say hot, but yeah, I've been doing a new mod for the last couple of months and I kicked it out recently and people seem to like it. It's uh, like... I haven't been like shouted at over it yet, so that's a good sign. So what is? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. How about you explain the mod? <laughs> yeah. So what the heck? So it's a mod it? that sort of uh, have it started out sort of like as a tribute to like a uh, Corey Whittle's older Edge gameplay mods, like uh, Immoral Conduct and Don's Challenge. And then I just sort of started throwing ideas at it to the point where it just sort of looks like those inspirations fed through a viewed through a funhouse mirror. So like all the monsters move a lot faster, they reload, they get flung around off their feet by explosions, and there's a bunch of reloading stuff and you can dodge and it's just this weird mess of ideas in that being played around with. And it's been a lot of fun to mess with. Skeleton. What does that mean? Yeah, it's not quite at the point where I'd consider it 1.0 yet, so it's like the skeleton version. It needs more meat. So what's the goal of your of your mod? Just uh, uh, change... Are you, are you increasing the, the difficulty in some way, or are you trying to make the player think differently about uh, uh, approaching um, certain threats and stuff? Uh, what, what's, what was the main... What was the embryo that, that of the idea idea that made you uh, 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 go down this path of creating this thing? Well, I'd done a lot of uh, stuff with Metadoom previously, which was very, uh, it was sort of tied to the pre-existing ideas of the Doom series, since that was what it was a tribute to. And there are a bunch of ideas I had that really couldn't fit in that, and I also just wanted to do my own silly things. So once uh, Metadoom was more or less put to bed, I could sort of uh, go a little bit stir-crazy. And it also means that I could do, like, a heretic support, a hexen support in the future, so I'll be able to play around with ideas on how to sort of um, create a new experience out of those games. Like, I have a few ideas on how to make hexen not shit. (laughs) I feel like the way that Matt phrases that question sort of um, uh, highlights for me the different philosophies that he might have having worked on Square with, with the way that some mods are developed, like on the, on the Zedem forums. He's looking for a, a very honed and specific sort of answer to a question like, what is it? 
Or is it four? Why does this exist? Trying to do that. <laughs> but, but my I, question I, is, why does this exist? And not, not I don't mean to put like phrase that as a put down. I mean, I mean to phrase it as a as a what 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 does this bring to the table? What new stuff? I think the phrase you're looking for is selling point. What is the selling point of this? Like a short uh, that that things. too. Yeah. yeah things. Like, what is this? Why does this pitch it? Why would I play this? Why would I play this mod? Go. It's very fast paced gunfight style gameplay where you're sort of like diving in and out of cover and everything's fast everything dies fast including you including them hmm. and i have a bit of a sense of humor to it as well so that's good so is it so like it would be on the on the uh, have you ever played like hotline miami yeah so like not quite to that extent like you can take more than one hit before dying but uh mm-hmm. there's that sort of frenetic sort of feel to it it's so like always, always feeling vulnerable at yeah. all times. One of the things that uh, I wanted to play around with with it was uh, sort of adding a little more analog to events that are sort of very split apart in Doom gameplay. Get like if a monster goes off its feet, for example, it's dead. So, for example, if you hit a monster with an explosion and it stays alive, it gets flung off its feet, then gets back up, and that sort of. Hmm. Uh, changes up the gameplay and changes up the behavior and creates a new sort of because uh, now you can like shoot an explode a rocket at an enemy group of enemies and even if they don't die they'll be distracted for a second or two while they pick themselves back up oh you mm. want something that changes up encounters kenzie tell them what you did with the dm spawns ah one of the things i played around with is that now sometimes in single player there's a random chance that a crate will appear on deathmatch spawns and if you shoot that, like, uh, items usually come out. And it's usually like uh, hexanite, heretic items, like the uh, portable med kits and that. I say usually because sometimes a live hand grenade falls out and you want to stay away from those. <laughs> uh, kind of like, uh, like uh, I'm starting to think, uh, uh, the, 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 well, just the game that readily comes to mind is like Shatterhand, where you have like a couple of uh, uh, stuff that has like bonuses and whatever uh, and you yeah, punch them open and everything and then one of them or just a couple of them will start getting booby trapped and you i think it's i don't think it's random every time it's predictable but it's a, a it's like one of those things where it's where it's like you know the win some lose some type of uh, element to uh yeah you have sort to, of thing kind of like stop the, and register for a second what's come out of the crate before you dive in yeah like kind of like a kind of like the uh, what is it the uh, uh, the mimics and if you've ever also played like nuclear throne yeah, I, like the I actually want to add mimics at some point health kit mimics <laughs> yeah so like there's like uh, in that game there's a for for those of you who have not played it there's like some you're going it's like a kind of like a rogue light type of thing where you're like shooting things and they die and whatever and so there's treasure chests in each world and um, the they they would contain either ammo health or or guns or whatever but some of them that just don't have that shiny sheen to them will uh, either like look like it like licks their, their lips like a tongue uh, sticks out of them and then if you try to open them you get eaten uh, so you uh, but it's not it's not very often that that happens so you will inevitably waste ammo shooting at every chest uh, thinking it's a mimic so <laughs> it, it's uh, it adds that a uh, little bit of unexpectedness and making you actually you know, be a little bit more observant than uh, just willy-nilly shoot first before picking up later. Mimics are great, but I don't think any mimic will ever be better than the ones in uh, Dark Souls. <laughs> uh, once you learn once you learn their telltale signs, 
or I mean, they're not random ever. So it, it the once you've gone through the game once, they become non-threatening. I yeah, find. but that first time you meet one. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> one, of the, uh, it, 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 one of my favorite mods I remember seeing in the past. It was a mod for Dark Souls that increased like all the monster aggro ranges to extreme values. Oh, I've seen that. Oh my god. So you'd just be wandering around <laughs> on this staircase or whatever, and then you'd look across to the opposite staircase and you'd see a mimic sneaking up. And then it would notice <laughs> that you're looking at it and immediately hide again, like it was a Metal Gear Solid box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, what's it? This chest isn't here. <laughs> this chest is not supposed to be here. But enough about me. Let's talk about some stuff that actually has a chance of being good. So, Dusk put out a new trailer recently. Oh. <laughs> Man, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> gotta, gotta work on it. Gotta figure out what makes it good and, and just work on that. Don't worry. I have complete faith in Kenzie's ability to make immoral conduct as per Smash TV. <laughs> <laughs> I've played it last year at uh, PAX Oz. I think it's the same build, was the same build that Turn played since mm. it was sort of around that time. It's one of those games that has promise, but I'm not sure how much it will fulfill that promise because it relies heavily on the level design. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole key thing of its design is that all the levels are handcrafted, like back in the day, and that's cool and all, but uh, those levels have to be good. <laughs> what what gives you reason to suspect they might not be? I, mean, I, mm. I, I understand that... It's a bit concerning that this is the selling point, um, you know, in the wake of strafe and, and sort of pre-generated levels and stuff. Oh, people are going, oh God, so many Minecraft levels. levels. I am so sick of <laughs> yeah, pre-generated um, levels. I am so sick of pre-generated well, levels. The reason I'm concerned about it is that, yeah. well, while there's various people working on it, it's primarily a one-man project. And much, yeah. I met the guy. He's a swell dude. I met their PR guy. Also swell, but in different ways. Oh, you met yeah. Dave Autry. <laughs> you met Dave Autry. He's like, oh my god, I love this game. You're gonna love it too. He's he's like a bundle of energy, and I just can't. I'm just like, all right. I just want to talk to the guy who's making it. All right, Dave. <laughs> he was there. Swelling bundle of energy. <laughs> Complete bundle of energy. But yeah. yeah, I feel like I have this worry that the guy might be wearing uh, too many hats. And so certain parts of the game may suffer as he's trying to fix up and get other parts ready for ready for prime time. Mm. And while the levels that I played weren't bad, they uh, didn't really give me an indication of uh, how that'll stretch out through a full game. Right. I mean, there's, there's you probably there's no short of analogies. I'm sure um, if we look inward to the community for people who have probably should have outsourced some of the work <laughs> rather than do everything themselves. Um, right, like, yeah. does, does anything existing sort of strike you as something that might be like one for one what Dusk has as problems? Well, have I ever told you about hmm. my mapping ability? Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, now. It's terrible now. Everybody was terrible at some point. But, but it's, like, it's like you got to do more of it in order to improve. Then I'll be terrible and, tomorrow, uh, too. Oh, who is making Dusk? David Zemansky? This is not his like first rodeo in terms of, of making stuff. Oh yeah, like the it, 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 like a, like a while back he like make it was mostly a lot of um uh, well what what we call uh, we consider a 
walking simulators, like in 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 Unity <laughs> and stuff like that, where it's like like um, something narrative based or like something puzzle based, but still like all first person. And he's still drawing from a lot of um, uh, experience and playing a lot of the old uh, Quake, uh, Doom, and, and and all this other stuff. And I mean, all all it takes is like you know time and effort to get get like you know uh, an idea mat- made manifest in in some kind of a, a, a tool set or platform that you're making a game in. And I don't know, like it feels like it feels like there's a lot of love and attention being uh, put in it. And all I've really played was like a uh, and this was like going back uh, a year when nobody knew of Dusk. I get to put on my hipster glasses. Nobody knew of Dusk, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm mean, a original fan. And uh, it was at uh, it was at QuakeCon last year, and I was like, "Whoa, what's this?" And and, and it was a very very old school old uh, style uh, type of first person shooter, and I liked how it uh, moved. I didn't quite like certain encounters in like the the one map that was uh, there for it was like the the very first map. Uh, like a, of episode one, kind of like the the intro to everything type of map, but uh, it, it hit all the right notes for me gameplay wise. And um, yeah, like uh, it's fun to it, move around in, which immediately puts it well above rack. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So I mean, like, what is it? Like, if 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 what is it? If if the gameplay isn't what is it? if the gameplay isn't fun, um, moving around in it should still at least be fun. And as as a uh, what is it so that like that still drives like the feedback loop of uh, this still feels good to play and um once you have that down then then everything else is kind of like stuff to interact with and then when you have enough of that then the game just stays fun hopefully mm-hmm. like you know you hope it doesn't get monotonous but 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 it, it from what i've i've played i think i think it's in it's in good hands the thing i would be weird uh a little bit uh, pensive or, or, or anxious about would be if uh if uh, dave uh, uh starts getting the fatigue of doing a lot yeah like the one person thing that uh, you were Jeez. you were talking about he must be like, the original fan if you're like I, as dave I, here's the thing Here, here's the thing a, a person on the internet once said that like they're they were when they were waiting for things to come out that will be like the classic fps of yesteryear, like that, give that, bring that feeling back. They mentioned Dusk and Adventures of Square in the same breath, and I'm hoping, and I'm, and I'm hoping that his success helps my my and our team's success. That's fair. That's fair. So so so, I mean, I'm gonna see him again at QuakeCon coming up in like, um, I don't know when this is gonna be uh, up on Doom Radio, but it's gonna it's in like two weeks from now. So I'll be at QuakeCon. Matt the Millipede Tropiano sticking all of his feet in all the doors. Yeah, and I mean, hey man, it's uh, it's networking. It's uh, oh yeah, what was it? Something else to mention. Uh, uh, David Zemansky uh, gave Square, I guess, its first major testimonial that we now threw up on our website. Nice. There. <laughs> so so I'm like I'm piggybacking. He's bigger than us at this point, very much so, because he's got you know a publisher behind him and and venture money and uh, so. so so like uh, something something funding his his hopefully a uh, 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 good success for him to keep more making more stuff and uh, I was like oh shit I got to piggyback on his on his visibility I ride those a little bit hell, hell yeah like it's uh, but it's but it's not bad coattails to ride it's it's not, it's not like I'm 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 trying to like hitch 
to write on like id software or some like giant hit it's like a, it's still it's like a it's a uh, i mean not to say that dusk is small i'm i'm kind of saying it's 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 a uh, um it's we're moving wow, through this man. together. Well, Matt is uh, busy untangling himself from the bind that he's put himself in. We are we are really painting ourselves as the picture of modesty over here at Doomworld. No, no, no I, I'm, I'm saying reinventing saying... the multiplayer scene and then Matt. No, no, I'm not saying that I'm Christ reborn, but <laughs> I too sincerely hope my colleague's success gives me glory. No, no, I'm not saying it exactly like that. I'm just saying like if if he could prove that the. Uh, are still interested in classic fps's then that also means people will be interested in other stuff that follows the same style and 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 uh that's good because i don't know i i i don't want to be uh uh i i'm i might might want a a career change at some point (laughs) you know this is like like square is a portfolio piece really it's a it's a Go from a that I'm slowly comfy, successful job into being an indie game dev. Yeah, then I get to sleep on everybody's couch. <laughs> I... <laughs> Matt, Matt, if you, if you want to innovate in this space, then you have a certain flag to erect in this space as well, and like that, you need to start stop using the word gameplay to start, which is a useless word. I, I understand that maybe everyone in the in the indie development scene does use it, but uh, for all your talk of gameplay and emergent gameplay, I think you should stop using that word. No one says read, not... read play or something like that when they're talking about books, do they? Uh, wait, wait, what, <laughs> what are you referring to, Alfonso? I'm saying that you're, you're, you're painting yourself as the cutting edge of classic I'm... FPS moving forward, and you may want to make a career change, then you're going to have no, no, to no, no, be no, wary no, 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 of, no, no. The, of the uh, certain molds that you should not be suckered into. So early, so no, 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 no. Horrible terminology like gameplay needs to be thrown out the window. And this is another soapbox of mine that I could jump on with regards to the community. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, wait, wait, no, 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 no. Hey, hey, hang on a second here. You have, you sound like you have a point to make. Uh, regards, uh, in regards of uh, what was it? Like you're in the uh, uh, creativity or or the or art and. Uh, you're not so far Such. removed from from many of the other figureheads of the Doom world. I don't I don't see why. Uh, if, if look, if you're going to be painting yourself as as the head honcho moving forward, then I'm just. Saying, I'm not saying I'm a head honcho. Up. Okay, all right. Look, the head honcho right now is is uh, Sergeant Mark Four for whatever reason. He's That's just, true. That's true. When did my podcast be like, become a soapbox? <laughs> for whatever reason, like he seems to be like all, in all the uh, the game journalism blogs and and and. Uh, Look, I'm just, I'm just I'm, I'm just planting the seed, okay? I'm just the element of doubt is there. Now you're stop no, me. I'm not. Look, I don't no, like just like in case the bone. You'll it'll pick away at your conscious slowly. Like just just in case, Mister Zemansky is listening to this podcast. We sincerely apologize. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. I'd, no, no, I, 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 I want you to succeed. I definitely do. I absolutely do. That is, that is something that has he wants you to succeed so he can get glory. How dare you? Szymanski <laughs> <laughs> uh, once no, said that Demon Steel was among some of the most fun he's had playing Doom. So I'm happy. I'm, I'm real happy. There you go. There you go. Man spreading love everywhere. Yeah. Just as Good luck, Dave. Spreading man love everywhere. Recently, uh, Chasm the Rift. 
which is a fairly obscure old FPS by the guys that went on to do the Carnivore series of dinosaur hunting games. Uh, mm-hmm. Sourceport came out for it recently. Reverse engineered hmm. from the uh, original DOS EXE by... Uh, I don't remember who did it, actually, but I think it was from Russia? The project name is appropriately named Chasm Reverse, though the source part itself is named Panzer Chasm. And it is, well, it's pretty much Chasm the Rift. It is probably the last game that anyone expected to have as a source port, but it's interesting. Now, the point of the Chasm the Rift, it's basically the sort of not Quake. It was designed to compete with Quake, but it... Let's be honest. <laughs> that's that's a uh, <laughs> that's a David and Goliath scenario right there, and David ain't has any slang. So, so one of the interesting things about Chasm is that while the visuals are all Quake style and that, the level design is actually sort of uh, Wolfenstein style. It's all tile based, mm-hmm. except all the tiles are three D modeled, and it created this really weird feel back in the day where like. The mm. levels looked sort of complex, but they really, really weren't. Mm-hmm. It's one of those weird things that just sort of didn't quite gel together with itself. And the critics spanked it for it. I mean, I mean, this was a game that came out after Quake, but it didn't have uh, OpenGL. It didn't have multiplayer at launch. Mm-hmm. It was the definition of also rather than Quake. Still, it mm. was interesting. It looked neat. The enemies were interesting. The weapons were cool. And it was about time-traveling space marines. You went through different periods of history, picked up all sorts of different weapons, fought a variety of different enemies. Shotgun really, really to suggest with saw blades for arms. <laughs> so what? I mean, is it, is it like a Hexen situation in that there are enough sort of uh, features developed from the, from the base engine that if you wanted to, with enough time and effort, now, with you have the, the source code in, uh, at hand, you could feasibly improve upon the game. Is that? I mean, because with Hexen, of course, there's an, inv- an elaborate inventory system, and then it doesn't have to be a game about switching okay. and stuff. Fons, what's added to Chasm the Rift? Fons, I'm just gonna ask you right here: How many mm. Hexen mods do you know of? That are good? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I better be in that list. <sighs> Well, I, I say hex, and I can easily say heretic. The okay, how many heretic mods do you know? The number from one. Fine, one. I was going to say one. He one. totally dodged it. He this, this dodged Kronos. the question. Kronos is the only decent. Okay, how many strife oh, mods sorry, do you know of? Because, because Matt's here, I guess I should say Scourge. Dare you. It, it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, the map. The map was. The mapping is kind but of. But is Chasm the Rift like that? What That's does it great. have that is unique that? I mean, because it's all about talking about the story, but that's particular to the game in stock. The, what does probably it have? the unique thing about it gameplay-wise in Chasm is that monsters sort of like it. You can blow parts off of them, and they sort of adjust their behavior to match. That was sort of its gimmick, okay. I suppose. That mm-hmm. doesn't sound strong enough. Like I said, the game <laughs> itself is just a sort of weird piece of history, but. The graphics look nice in that old retro FPS, low poly style. There's some weirdly interesting little bits and pieces of how it does stuff. It just sort of feels like this. Like I said, it's it's an also ran, but there's sort of interesting little lessons that can be picked up from it. 
and having it be more accessible than just like a DOS box wrapper creates uh, makes it easier to go back and sort of see how it did things and like take lessons away from it. Okay, that makes sense. So, moving on, we bag a lot on procedurally generated levels around these parts. And that's often due to bad implementation, uh-huh. <laughs> where people, where designers just sort of like glue rooms together randomly and hope it makes up for a lack of actual content. Or, uh, or if I may add, the uh, people think that just the randomization of the environment is a driving force for re- replayability when it really should be the design of how the replayability affects. Um, Gameplay itself. Wow. There's, there's uh, that word again. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But it's it's what it's all about, Fonz. Uh, like, like am, am I am I going to encounter new things or new setups every single time I play? And just the, the environment itself is not good mm. enough. One of the good, best, better implementations mm. of procedurally generated levels I played recently is a utility for Doom called Oblige. And it sort of uh, really builds up on the old slide and that by randomly generating levels, but they're actually pretty good. And that they're, they're sort of on the level like low yeah, to like medium the, tier yeah. level designers. And like have, being able to spit out a new megawatt at the click of a button re- works really well, especially with certain mods like Doom Rogue like Arsenal. And I'm mentioning this because mm. Oblige 7.666 came out recently, and it's possibly the final version. Yeah, With he has the, officially uh, put the end on uh, it. I can't imagine that Andrew, uh, who, who works on Andrew Apted, I, I can't imagine that he would want to uh, keep working on that forever. Like at some point, you're going to have to say, "Okay, this is." All I would want to do with it, and I mean, either either hand, either. Like, I believe so. I, I, yeah, isn't it open source? Is it like yes, yeah, something on GitHub or whatever? So I mean, like, yeah, it's it's at, at this point, you you either move on and hand the keys to whomever wants to make a fork. But like, yeah, it, it, this has been was it Oblige has been around for I want to say I think the blog post said he's been working on it for twelve years. Yeah, that's a long time. I was going to say eight, and I still don't think that was enough years. Yeah, 12 years. That's a lot. That's a lot to pour into a... Um, I'm sure it was also like off and on, but it's it's a lot of uh, t- a lot of time to, to uh, w- of upkeep to a, a, a um, random generator uh, for Doom maps. And, it, and that's not even an easy task. Like, in order to keep things interesting or, or actually have uh, things look different enough to to uh to be considered like engaging and stuff like that or 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 at least um playable and 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 interesting it's it's it is not a trivial problem severe undertaking something like that so that it's been accomplished so well is fantastic and i also like that he's uh sort of bad at to putting together one big final release, just putting a bow on the whole thing, then walking away satisfied. That's the sort of behavior I think a lot of projects would benefit from, just sort of like saying, yep, I'm done, let's put the bow on it, and that's it. And I'm I'm as guilty of that as anyone. Hey, Essel, are you listening? Oh, oh boy. Here we go again. <laughs> Infinitely receding decimal points and in development bills. 
I mean, I imagine uh, Matt's going to be one of those, one of the only people on Doomworld who, because of his programming background, is going to take some degree of interest in this. But like, Oblige is another example of a project that occupies uh, a completely different space in Doomworld than it does everywhere else, essentially. Um, and I can understand why, you know, pairing up with mods for testing, you just need a, a cool testing ground for mods and stuff like that. And so it occupies. I can understand why there'd be an interest there, but for everyone else, I imagine in Doomworld, and that speaks to me as well. I was like, unless I would sooner play a handcrafted bad map than I would do something that is incredibly fun, but didn't have a human behind it. Or at least, you know, someone, because Andrew can't get credit for every single oblige. Well, he can, but he can only get credit once. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't mount <laughs> with every generated thing. Right. I mean, I mean, like, what is it? Uh, uh, speaking as a, a programmer, what uh, it's, you know, there is a, uh, there's like a, a weird, yeah. So you're the author of the algorithm, or or the the uh, and the data that goes into the algorithm, but um, it's also uh, uh, whatever whatever numbers seed the random number generator. Uh, also uh, doing the work. It's also the, uh, um, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of. Um, uh, what is it when you when you make an algorithm you're just making the rules and it's it's all the little unexpected things that happen uh just by your rule set uh, uh it's all all those little unexpected things that that make the 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 art or the magic if i want to get like dramatic about it but it, it's it's the, the uh and and the interesting things about that is where what what gets produced um that i don't expect based on the rules that are crafted by me. And that's, and that's, that's kind of uh, what happens when you, when you make something that does all this uh, random generation uh, stuff. And, and, and um, you know, humans can only see so far. And we use tools like computers to uh, go further beyond after we set the design and, and, and <laughs> rules. It's, Basically, the entire point that separates the human touch from an industry touch. We've got all of this sort of design by document as to what makes a map fun, how to design encounters, how to design layouts. And theoretically, a robot can put all of that into practice. But it's a human that designs the fun parts, what makes it fun. What makes it different? What makes it unique? Like yeah. Ancient Aliens is incredibly yeah. unorthodox. It does a whole bunch of outright crazy things. The spider turrets in the first episode, for example. Just an infinite turret of spider. Well, not infinite. I mean, there's only like six or seven or eight or so. But having to constantly dive between cover as the spiders bombard you and going through enemy encounters that way, that is unique. That is fun. You can codify a bunch of rules to as to yep. what makes a good level, and a computer can execute on those pretty well, but a human can subvert those rules and surprise the player, and that creates new and unique experiences. Yeah, I, like, I, again, Ancient Aliens with its Cyberdemon turret in the first level. I'm sure you could build in flaws yeah. into the system, though, couldn't you? So that it could appear to have the element of human failure, or whatever. That's sort of what makes art interesting. But in addition to what you're saying, it's you can 
I mean, a lot of the decisions that humans make when it comes to level design is in response to current trends and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's a, a, there's a question of how advanced you can make an AI and do it. And I doubt Andrew is going to sit around <laughs> sort of uh, programming obliged like, to, to, to mimic all the different sort of facets of human ingenuity when it comes to responding to trends in art. And then, I mean, here we're, here we're philosophizing on a level that I don't think Doom is prepared to. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. I mean, it's it's fine. Like, what what is it? The uh, uh, it's it's a quote by um. I was just looking it up right now. But if you heard like keys tapping, it's it's by one of my uh, what is it? My uh, main influences or, or inspirations in the in computer science, uh, Doctor Grace Hopper, and she said, "No computer is ever going to ask a new reasonable question. It takes mm-hmm. trained people to do that." So really, all a all a, a uh, all a human really can do with the aid of a computer is set rules, and the computer will never do anything new. It's always acting on the rules that are set. And so, what you what you when we discover that certain setups are fun or whatever, those right. are new rules. But that's only because it's the feedback of other humans that tells us, "Oh, I really enjoyed sure. this thing. I really uh, enjoyed." Until we get to you know, oblige singularity edition, at which point I'll happily just. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll happily jump on board and play anything it puts out because then it effectively is, you know, human and and more. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, what what is it? I I I want to set something up with Dime where, uh, we both generate the exact same megawatt and we race to the end. I want I've always wanted to do something like that or or like just see something like that happen. Like just have like the like a roguelike Doom experience, but see who can get well, to the yeah. end of. I've been I've been trying to, to 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 think of unique ways to solve the sort of problem of that I have in the Doom World Iron Man League at the moment, which you may know I'm I'm helping run. Um, uh, which is that some people obviously approach a map set blind, and then other people's um, there's no there's no way of getting around it. They'll they'll have intimate knowledge of the set, and if you could procedurally generate something that is perfect for Iron Man, and then everyone starts from a clean slate, uh, there's just no <laughs> real way. Cool. There's just no real way. But hey, this seems like a nice little yeah. segue. Since you guys are so interested in uh, talking about different styles of play and how things have been playing recently, what have you been playing recently? Your shit. <laughs> I've been I've been playing um, Hunting Drifter mm. a lot. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. It feels like you can. It's similar to Demon Steel in that you can sort of add flavor to the combat at any given moment. Like you can just intermittently whip things and then pistol whip surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know. It, it feels like mix and match. It's like a, a freestyle combat. Uh, and it makes uh, it makes everything off the cuff very interesting. Easy to can play. constantly uh, alternate between long range and short range at a moment's notice. That's right. Mm. Yeah, uh, but I, although I feel like if there, uh, if if like if a game doesn't prompt um, reasons for the player oh, to use short range over long range, I it it just becomes additional. It just becomes additional. Not. I was gonna say the word fluff, but it isn't. I mean, I. It's, the fluff it's, is the stuff. That's like the selling point to me. It seems like that way. No, no. But then we're. But then you run afoul of the the uh, just loading in um, features, and that somehow because not everybody's gonna use every feature. Matt, uh, I feel like it's. I'm gonna tell you. Something. I mean, to, <laughs> yeah. I have added a feature that allows you to throw your hat. It oh. does absolutely nothing. I have noticed. Does one I have noticed a lot of people using it anyway. 
because for some reason it's just fun. To I mean, throw like, your yeah, hat. okay. St- it's true to grace. I have a loads of fun trying to whip things down to size stuff. and then throwing my hat at it and seeing if I can get the killing blow. It is like it's like magpie syndrome. Stuff for flavor. For I mean, stuff for, stuff for flavor is still fun. I mean, I'm just saying. jeez. Oh, like if if I were if I have to turn a critical eye to something for some reason, it's going to be. Uh, I think it, I think what is it? Um, it's a general annoyance with what people consider quality. Not to say the High Noon Drifter is bad. It's very bad. It's very good. I will get that out of the way right now. It's very good. Stop lying to me. Stop lying to me. I enjoyed it. (laughs) I'm not lying. I'm not lying. Look, if anybody can take uh, constructive criticism, it's going to be the people that, that, like, you know, actually care about this sort of thing, which you definitely do. Uh, So, like, it's kind of like, it's it's zeitgeist of more is better oh, and yeah. i fucking hate that it's it's all about what 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 do i take away and still maintain the essence of what uh i want uh, right. the, the game to be or the or the mod to be or or and and what is how does it actually change gameplay sure, to keep but I think things if you add interesting up separate components in hind and drift you'll find that it isn't that there aren't that many features it's just that they're they're, they're each so fun to use and they so equally effective yeah. in their use that you can happily just jug- juggle between the two, and it, it feels like you're doing a lot more than is necessary. But really, there's there aren't many components there. It's hard to mix and match. I do, I do like one one thing I really liked is like I mean there is like a, a, a slight like extra was it a, a risk component where it's, it takes more time to cram more shells into the mm-hmm. double barreled shotgun and then like shoot like all four <laughs> shells. And- once and and there's like a you know a longer cooldown period i like stuff like that that introduce like okay you get more kick but it's going to cost you time and a little bit of vulnerability afterwards and and i and i like those sorts of things and i and i and i enjoyed like that's one tiny little thing that i i enjoyed out of all the rest of the enjoyment in that in that mod that there still is a a semblance of of okay, the player has choice, but those right. choices have consequences. I'm trying to and rationalize think... it in that way, but when I'm loading those shells, that's just time for me to taunt the fucker. <laughs> I'm just going. I'm slowly yeah, loading yeah. these. You bitch ass! <laughs> I'm gonna load it up and then four hundred. By the way, I've been playing it with um Zayz's damn numbers. Oh yeah, just damn numbers every single time you shoot something. Oh, and okay, that yeah. is delicious. I've been talking about magpie syndrome. Mm-hmm. There's nothing better than watching the numbers fly. The only the only thing I wish he added was a dim sims font. That's it. That's it. that's the end of that. Dim Sims font. Hmm. Uh, the uh, the uh, uh, food. Dim Sims. Th- this really would have gone down a lot better if you know your culinary arts. You mean Dim Sims? Is that what I said? Yeah. What, what, what did I say? <laughs> dim Sims. It's Dim Sims. You said it's Dim Sims. I heard. I heard. I know dim the food sim. Dim Sum, but come on, Google, work with me here. I've heard Dim Sum. Yeah. There is a culture gap here. <laughs> oh my God! I'm correct. A- dim Sims. Is it is it, yeah? Is it is it across across the Pacific? It's called something Popular different. In Australia, and to a lesser extent, in fuck. <laughs> what? Okay, w- Wikipedia just shut dim me down. Sum? Sorry, it's all right. Currently, yeah, <laughs> it's dim it's sims. Another, it's just it's just it's another blue like and that. yellow. It's another <laughs> fucking Kinsey didn't even come to my aid. This is embarrassing. My time will come. Wow. <laughs> all right, we all said some embarrassing shit tonight. Except for Kenzie. Kenzie's, Kenzie's actually been taking the reins like all y'all have been talking. <laughs> and he's been like, hey, guys, focus, focus.
Yeah, I'm a guest. I'm a guest, damn it. Well, how about you, Kens? What have you been playing? Um, I've been playing a bunch of Heretic lately as a part of my testing my mod. And uh, What a coincidence. It's been interesting to see, like, mm-hmm. one of the gripes I have, have with uh, Heretic and China Modford, I guess, is that there's not a lot of uh, art assets in it in comparison to Doom and right. Doom 2. 99 textures, I think. I, exactly. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's like a third of the textures that are in Doom or something. And as a result, it makes level design pretty difficult. And it's interesting, mm-hmm. and it's interesting to see how uh, Raven managed to use those textures effectively and make areas that seemed reasonably distinct with so little uh, t- visual themes in that. It doesn't always work. There's probably more weird bathhouses than a medieval world would probably yes. have. But bathhouses. <laughs> Physical textures. Yeah. They do some interesting stuff with it, and overall, I very much enjoy Heretic. And I'd absolutely recommend, uh, for anyone listening, to check out Wayfarer, which is currently in the works by Not Jabber. Uh, he seems to know his stuff. He's really keen on fleshing out the mechanics of Heretic to make it's like a um, some more normalized Curse of Despair. I want to say for anyone who's played that, sort of minus the slaughtery elements, um, mm-hmm. gargoyles flying around like fireworks because of the low mass, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, oh, I can't remember. I'll have to come back to it. There's something I'll, to do I've there. been playing. Uh, oh wait, no, I was, going to, yeah, I was also going to. I was going to toss in uh, another suggestion. Elf gets pissed yes. by Rock King. Yep. Elf Guest yes. is a classic yes. and definitely needs to be played. Mm-hmm. I guess the yes. best way to describe it is sort of like Heretic, but fed through modern Doom mapping sensibilities. Right, right. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That, that's a good way. I prob- probably should have described Wayfarer in that manner as well. Um, mm-hmm. Now, what I was going to say is that, because uh, I've been approached to write music for Wayfarer, and mm. there's been some, and I've, d- I've done that before for Realm of Pythoris. It's, it's an interesting space at the moment, Heretic, because it is receiving increasing interest, but it's still at, at the point where everything thinks the assets that are, should be contributed to it or the music that should be, should be made for it should sound or look relatively similar to the sort of suggestive of what the original setting of Heretic is. Whereas in Doom, mm-hmm. you know, you can happily put things in a jungle or even in a fantasy setting like with Eternal or something. But when it comes to Heretic, it's like, no, it must remain fantasy. Yeah. Having an elf wandering around in a tech base wouldn't make any sense or anything like that. So all the music that I'm composing for at the moment is still using... I don't agree with I, that, I just way. want to... Whoever <laughs> said that, I just want to point you towards the uh, the Great Bay Temple in Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask. Oh, that's been such a long time since I played that. That is that very much a tech base, and it was probably one of the best levels in the game. Hmm. Majora's Mask was just such a trip. It really was. It, it was. It was like... Nintendo was like, okay, we got Ocarina of Time out of the way. Let's do some interesting shit. That game was made in like one year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a very By a short team amount that, of time. Uh, I think it was mostly a new team. Mm-hmm. And I mm. think... Who was that, like, Sandy Peterson? And I, if, <laughs> if, you know if I remember the interview correctly, the one-year deadline was uh, instead of because the various delays that Ocarina of Time got, a uh, shop owner actually chewed Miyamoto out over it one day. Just like some wow. random shopkeeper. Jesus. Nice. Wow. And near the end of development, Miyamoto was like, would you guys like an extension or something? Because, and the director was like, no, 
no, we have gotten this far. <laughs> yeah. It was taxing. It was incredibly taxing. It, it, it feels like it feels like Majora's Mask was a, um, a mission pack to uh, Ocarina of Time just because of the reused assets and models. Yeah, and definitely. Stuff like that. It feels but, like that Ocarina of Time two sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if. But no, but no, le- no less good. It, it was really good and stands really well uh, uh, as as itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, by itself, uh, uh, by its own merits. If Ocarina of Time was Quake, then Majora's Mask was Dissolution of Eternity. And that's where the yeah, analogy yeah, kind yeah. of falls apart if you think about it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, I have a special place in my heart for Scourge of Armageddon. Yeah. I've uh, I've actually been playing through Heretic as well, and I've got to echo Kinsey's sentiments pretty much. I mean, I love Heretic. I, I love Heretic. I love it from the top of its hood to the bottom of its pointy elven shoes. I love heretic even if it's basically just a doom clone check's quest has shown that just a doom clone is still incredibly fun because the base gameplay is really really cool and half the games that came out in 1994 proved that making a doom competent doom clone is very hard (laughs) yeah yeah check's quest is garbage there i said it you get the fuck out of this podcast right now i swear to god (laughs) Uh, I, I liked Hexen over Heretic for for like uh, just w- aesthetic reasons, and um, I felt the gameplay, even though there was slightly less variety in terms of bestiary and weapon stuff, it, it felt like more like a polished. I mean, I, I just have a contractual Heretic. obligation to hold up Kaboom cereal. That's why I hate Jake's Quest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kinsey was talking about the texture choice, but I think the biggest problem with Heretic and Hexen are also its biggest technological advancements. That is, the inventory system. I mean, Mm. on paper, the Tome of Power is incredible. I love it to death. It's like a book of kickassery. You whip it out in desperate situations and it turns your weapons into death dealers. Great. Love it. Awesome. Quad damage on impact. Right. Cool. It's not actually that. Uh, The problem... One, the effects your weapons have in comparison to before and after, they're not always related. Like, uh, seriously, what relation does the Hellstaff, which is basically a reskinned plasma rifle, what relation does it have to the charged version, which starts spewing out rain in a specific area? That The thing that you're trying to get at, I think, is that... Heretic and Hexen don't really communicate what their inventory items do very well. Not just that, there's mm. also the placement of them. Like, uh, one thing that's really easy in terms of mapping is you can start placing different items throughout the map, and you can always reasonably guess, okay, the player is going to have this amount of health at this area, I can deal this amount of damage to them. Right. Or likewise, okay, so the player has the Berserk here, so I can put up some melee encounters. You can't really do that with Heretic, because more players than not nowadays, they have this hoarding syndrome. They want to hoard everything. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then you end up carrying over those items to the next level, only to discover that you know they're all gone now, because they only carry a maximum of one of any item. Mm-hmm. And you could have used them at any point in the level previously, but there wasn't a setup that suggested they needed to be used. You actually go through most of the game not using about 90% of the items. It's The yeah. level design does not support the mechanics of the inventory. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to get at. Like The yeah. level design still 
feels like it's doom and then the inventory system's tacked on. It's kind of, well, that kind of goes into the adding features, but never like not testing them. It's like more does not equal better. And, and, and it's like, it's like, yeah, okay. The power up system is via the inventory now, but they're not, they're they're just never made to be useful. Well, I mean, I, just like I would argue that the, the inventory system's fine. Really, it could be tweaked slightly. This is where we could talk to Altazimuth, and he's implementing them uh, support in eternity at the moment. But um, yeah. it's it's just the way they're implemented in the levels. The levels don't support yeah. it properly, right? And that that's yeah. where that's where something like um, Elf gets pissed, Rocking Set, or the Wayfair at the moment. Um, are working to improve, although they are also like rocking. I laid the groundwork in in editing because it, it's it's a Zedum set. He <laughs> he edited the, the 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 gameplay, and it needed to be done because it's not like you don't need to touch them. There are a few things that you would change. You probably remove the backpack or edit the backpack somewhat, something like that. A few other tweaks and stuff. But Heretic, like you can't, the scene can't grow around Heretic unless that that it's. Why does a were dragon drop ten arrows? Mm-hmm. What? What? Why? It's like, this is horribly why, out of balance. Why, and this, why do the uh, disciples randomly drop a tome of power? Right. Fuck up exactly. Everything. Exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, the, there's this, and this is particular to Raven as well. It's true in, in Hexen. They suggest it's suggested in this sort of if you if you look at the code of some of the monsters uh, and the weapons, like the the fire mace, which for some reason only spawns seventy five percent of the time, or is it twenty five percent in given one. spots? And then it occasionally spits out a larger ball, which deals more damage than the other ones. And then it's finely tuned and makes no sense whatsoever. Like the mm. Reaver in Hexen has a life sucking ability when it gets into melee. You would never notice that. You could play the game yeah. for 20 years and you would never, never notice that. <laughs> People play <laughs> Doom for 20 years and don't notice that the Berserk lasts the entire level. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, they should be extradited immediately, frankly. They should have their, <laughs> this talk of features that you'd never notice reminds me. I read mm. a behind the scenes thing recently interviewing the developer of the Alien Breed 3D games that were on the Amiga. There were sort of these mediocre Doom clones that did some sort of interesting things technologically, like uh, the second one had a bunch of... Well, the second one had this crazy AI system added where monsters would go to the location where they saw a sound, where they heard a sound, and then they'd split up and start looking in different places for you. And that was very impressive. Technically, it was very fun for the programmer to do. You would never notice it playing it, and it bogged the CPU down, so the game ran like shit. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what it is. Like you have to tell the player that that's what the enemy's doing. What was it? It was a quote by Gl- uh, Cliff Blazinski when he was like making um, Gears of War. He said the most interesting thing, like to engage the player in the game or make it seem like the enemy are smarter than they actually are is they bark out what they're trying to do against the player's party like they're like oh they're flanking us and like stuff that's, like that that's the big lesson that came out of half-life and fear yeah like the thing is the dumbest thing possible to do is, is tell your enemy what you're doing and yet it's still fun <laughs> yeah like i think the biggest advancement with Doom clones and Doom style games and retro FPSs, a lot of people sort of try and stick to the old style stuff, like the way, old ways of doing levels, the old ways of doing graphics and that. But the biggest advancement in gameplay design since then that people still unquestionably include now, even in these like throwback games, is communicating to the player better. There's more mm-hmm. tooltips, 
things are better explained. Like when we were going back to uh, talking with, about Heretic and Hexen, like when you play Hexen, nowadays you need basically need the manual with you because you just looking at the, half of the inventory items, you'd have no idea what they actually do. You just got this big collection of esoteric icons and some of them might just give you like two hit points of armor or one of them might summon a minotaur. And that's one of the things that makes it difficult to go back to uh, Hexen because just trying to use the right tool for the right situation. They sort of offloaded the decision-making from the weapons to the inventory items, and it didn't work very well at all. Also, the no, fucking like centaurs. Have to like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the centaurs are... That was... I started making a mod um, uh, or like a level set around Hexen uh, recently that I, I need to get back to, but like, you know, Square and other stuff is occupying my time and i was like how do i make the centaurs fun how do i make the centaurs fun again and and Delete them. like either either like like the, you can't not use them but i was like maybe if like i added or modded something in where if you use like a tome of oh, no no like a, a disc of repulsion when their shield was up it blasts away their shield and now they don't have shields like something to like so that the player makes them less annoying via using more features this is something i, I would have what you would say though is that introducing more features in order to to counter bad features <laughs> it's but it's 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 it, like I, I i toyed around with like they only use their shields if you're close up so you like using long range weapons is always useful or uh like just set just like it, it, you like the uh, the slaughters will always fire after you fire on you after their pain state and they hardly use their shields as shields unless you're like close up like i'm trying to i was trying to figure out how to make centaurs how to make centaurs engaging so that the player has to change up their tactics slightly for them and and the consistency still is less of a uh, makes it less of a drag to face them but it I is mean, so probably, tough to get right i'd probably get around the problem just by having three centaurs so i could just hit them each on the head while the other one has its shield raised <laughs> just bash more things <laughs> bop, bop, bop. <laughs> like three stooges mm. but uh, interestingly of course is that a lot of people play the cleric because of that, I'm not sure if it's a bug or a feature. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a feature that you can oh, use the, the disc of repulsion yeah. on the flechettes, exactly. And then it tears through things. And that's one of the only examples I can think of Hexen or Heretic where it has a particularity that sort of grant gives the game a bit of a boost in that respect. Like Doom has plenty of those things, little bugs. Like the Archfile will only do 20 damage to you if you hug or like 20. Uh, 32 unit high wall or something um, yeah. kind of that sort of thing or you can hug a pain elemental that sort of thing uh, otherwise these raven features are just too nitty and aren't <laughs> invisible it's it's bug exploitation there for, yeah. those, for at least the clarity graph. <laughs> so what you're saying is that raven were too good at making games and it resulted in their games being bad so good that no one noticed yeah <laughs> Uh, the thing yeah. about a lot of features I've noticed that I have been thinking a lot in terms of like uh, design when I'm working on weapons, when I'm working on features, when I'm working on stuff, it's the idea that how will the player know about this? Because yeah. I was conveyance. Watching... Conveyance is always a horrible question. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all make fun of the Bioshock Infinite. Wait a minute, that card. But I was watching a stream in Epic uh, 2 that a friend was doing, and it's it's that map in space where you have to uh, hit a pillar a certain number of directions on the symbols in order to activate the teleporter. And the answer to the puzzle is literally spelled out 
out for you on a mural in a room that's just a little bit ago. And, of course, when we all saw it, we made that, wait a minute, that card jokes. Uh, and then <laughs> he gets to the pillar, and he's like, uh, um, uh, maybe this one? <laughs> Dead. Wait, what? I died. Ow. I was like, last call, except a little bit uh, weirder. <laughs> yeah. And players need their handheld as much as we hate to admit it and as much as we hate to do it you can't always be there to go oh it works like this or oh it works like this a player has to be able to reasonably figure out how something can work how to use it or how to avoid it yeah right yeah. the thing is something like epic 2 was made you know suitably far into the development of Doom's community that, you know, people these days when they load something up, it's very different to if you make a new game. Um, imagine if someone loads up Adventures of Square for the first time, they're going to be more perceptive to, to, to new things, obviously, because it's not it's using completely different resources. It's its its own game. But in today's PWOD environment, if you load something out, you're going to die first before you realize there's something you should have been paying attention to usually because you're not predisposed to be searching for those sort of hints. You might pick up on right. things on the side like, oh, this new kid isn't damaging, so perhaps on the next level the new kid will not be damaging, but you won't be stopping to like count. I had no idea the last call tortures corresponded to it. You would think, of course, that makes sense. You would play level 30 and you would count the sequence of like, these aren't just colored torches, it's a pattern. You're supposed to be paying attention. It would be like 10 years before I realized there was a correlation there. I would just throw <laughs> yeah. myself into the death pits repeatedly until I got it correct. Maybe yeah. I'm just thick. But, that is one of the two options. Well, but if you're using like a, a Z derived source port, there's also the auto map, which uh, shows the teleport lines. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of cheating. Yeah. yeah but that's... it's like, yeah. Well, well, we're talking about, uh, just for the audience, we're talking about Last Call, map 30 of TNT Evolution. Right. Uh, that, 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 that map. Uh, but, like, it, it's the, uh, yeah, it, well, I, I, I totally understand the argument of it's the, um, if the environment is still the same, then people are still going to ex expect the same gameplay, even though, like, you know, in this day and age, uh, we're, we're, they have people trying something new and stuff like that. But, mm -hmm. but uh, you know what I get? My pet peeve is when people edit the behavior of monsters and they don't change the appearance of the monster even even slightly like just give them like green eyes instead of whatever gold eyes it has if, if, if you change up the behavior because my brain is still operating in that space where uh, nothing's changed about this but then when people like mod uh, a monster to like throw like three fireballs at once or like something that isn't like readily apparent uh, or like it it's, has like a randomized attack pattern, but it still looks the same as it used you to. You mean I like strains BFG zombies? Yeah, I get annoyed as fuck. Uh... <laughs> First time playthrough, I just killed that dude. I had no because I think they're just as weak as a normal zombie. I had no idea they exist. They're like, what, there are BFG zombies in the game. Wait, I didn't encounter any. Yeah. With uh, <laughs> yeah. with uh, JPF, I've been sort of doing, making that mistake of not changing the monster appearances, but I've also been, like, dramatically changing their behavior and sound, sort of sort of moving fast and sliding around and making obnoxious hooting and hollering noises, and hopefully that clues people in that things aren't the same as they used to be. 
I think yeah, my favorite is the Revenant. Ah, uh, yeah. The sounds for the monsters. Uh, the sounds in the monsters for the monsters in JPF are pretty shitposty at times. And my favorite one <laughs> is the Revenant. Its voice is a tape recorder, and it plays back when it sees you. It plays back stock screaming sound effects. So it'll be like you'll hear a click sound, then that dark forces falling noise, then a click again. <laughs> but my favorite sound that makes is one of its idle noises. You hear the click and you just hear a female voice say, skeleton, then a click again. Nice. <laughs> it's wonderful. Truly wonderful. Uh, and then from there, yeah. let's, uh, sounds like a nice little way to branch into the stuff we've been working on lately. Kinsey, obviously, working on juvenile power fantasy and sharing a lot of uh, developmental stuff with us. Anything else of interest you'd like to uh, talk about? Well, I released a new version, uh, a new build yesterday as of recording. So that's mm-hmm. been, uh, I revamped the melee system to change it from just like endless flailing to add a bit of a combo system. That makes it a lot better. And mm-hmm. I dramatically improved performance. There was one really, really weird bug that really deserves mentioning. And what's that? So Zedum has a system in its player options where you can specify your gender. And this is only really used to for the pronouns in the obituaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I added a system where the game sort of checks what gender you've specified and then gives you a different mugshot in the HUD. Mm. And this was spiraling out of control with the voodoo dolls because what? they didn't have a gender C-var. So they were constantly checking every tick. And the way I was doing this was with inventory items <laughs> so that SBAR info could read it. So every uh, tick, oh. it was just basically constantly checking in its pants and it was uh, generating thinkers and driving performance down dramatically. Damn. <laughs> the robots are not only here, oh, they're wow. very confused about themselves. <laughs> Aren't we all at some point? And, like, it was bad. It- it got to the point where, like, uh, E2M, one of ancient aliens, would become unplayable three minutes in. Ooh. It was that bad. Well, well that's not good. Sorted it, though. Mm-hmm. I take it, uh, Fonz and Matt, your projects don't have any gender-related AI issues, do they? Uh, nah, can't say that. What? Can't say that. What was the hesitation? <laughs> what has Square got to do? No, 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 no. I, I was, I was like, what gender wait, what? is square? Well, what, what kind of, am I going to have to have a talk with tone is this? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of accusative tone is this, Alphonse? Oh, Jesus! No, no. I mean, like, I mean, look, you will have to talk with Jimmy because the barrel was just a barrel to begin with, but now Violet has been anthropomorphized. <laughs> oh, everybody's talking about. <laughs> uh, everybody's talking about uh, boy in his barrel, right? That mod that Jimmy's been working off and on on. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, that thing's it, it, all of a sudden that was on a stream by uh, was it Joel from Vine Sauce, and then that just kind of spiraled out of out of control. <laughs> all you need though. to do for any project is add a female character, and people will be all over it. Kenzie, uh, take notes. But it's mm-hmm. a barrel. It's a barrel within a with the okay. Why right. are you questioning the internet? Right. Don't question the internet, Alfonso. You can't question the internet. I'm sorry. Confirm it to juvenile by myself. Yeah. Uh, so, like, uh, so I guess what I'm working on is uh, uh, finishing up episode two. Finishing up episode two of Square. That's 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 the main goal for me. And uh, 
and the rest of the square yeah. crew. Um, it hopefully, and and I this is like a 95 percent. Hopefully, it'll be done by the end of the year, and we're because uh, we kind of have a soft deadline. Episode that two or square? Uh, episode two. Sorry. So like episode two of Square is going to be done. Uh, we have a, like kind of a soft deadline that we're working towards, and then there's going to be a bit of a polish phase, and then episode two is going to be released, and then we get to slack off for a couple months. Uh, I think I heard this off from Jimmy last year. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I mean, like, what is it? The, the most of the things that are occupying uh, are, are the team's time is one real life shit. Two, uh, Jimmy's kind of like uh, mostly away at uh, university, but he's finishing up this year. Um, there's, uh, I don't know, the, we, whenever it, it's it's a bad habit, especially in I would think in the Doom community that a lot of people take on like different sorts of projects because of uh, a lot of uh, cool stuff that people are making. And what yeah. happens is, it, it, even when there's a priority project or, or whatever, uh, it, any kind of lull in the project makes people scatter for a little bit and then come back to it. And uh, it's I, I'm guilty of it, but it's, it's, not, it's not the other stuff in Doom. It's mostly... I'm working on like a, a, a tile engine, like a 3D tile engine uh, that is hopefully going to be interesting one day. And uh, the uh, I'm working on a, a text adventure engine um, with its own oh. uh, uh, with its own like uh, language and and uh, uh, implementations in both Java and JavaScript. So like I, I, it's like I have some other irons in the fire, but we're hunkering down and finally finishing up Square now that there we have more eyeballs still looking at things uh a person who's been a tremendous help in this regard especially with graphics and spriting and, and a lot slacks. of yeah uh, uh captain j like slack slack, oh, slack, slack has been there for a, a lot of like concept stuff and uh um every once in a while we'll we're gonna start having our artists uh do like promotional stuff on the uh the twitter thing when we have announcements um, but like Captain J is like our main spriter. Slax is our like uh, concept artist slash uh, art artistic cheerleader and and, <laughs> and uh, emotional support. And uh, Baratus is doing our um, the cutscene art and stuff like that because we're actually going to have like cutscenes between episodes. Uh, and and there's like there's stuff done, but like oh man, like in terms of like spriting and like just sheer making a whole lot of stuff. Captain J has been super helpful in that regard. Who's the one who's obsessed with putting eyebrows, big bushy eyebrows on Square? Uh, that's Slacks. <laughs> right. yeah. you, you just keep one eye on him. That's a little bit... Slacks is hey. cool. Slacks is really, really cool. Uh, if, uh, but if you're at work, don't go to his uh, uh, Tumblr. <laughs> if you're at work, don't go to his Tumblr. Uh, That's a mistake I, I you only make once. Big, sexy eyebrows <laughs> everywhere. So I'm, I was, I'm just gonna say he's probably uh, not shown uh, a whole lot to the public, but you should see some of the pictures that uh, Kara and Slacks have been drawn of Square. I'm just gonna say he's got a uh, pretty shapely buttocks. So yeah, I, I've seen that. I've seen the. Uh, uh, you know, it's not Rule 34 if it are, originates from the. Uh, uh, <laughs> the the crew in some way, I don't think. The <laughs> games rule. Oh, uh, that, that's that, that's the um, what is it? That's the uh, the 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 litmus test for if you've made it or if you've made something uh, popular. Is if uh, start people start making rule thirty four of your work. But there, you're just trying to uh, you're just trying to ease people into a hey hey, we've got some already done here. 
Yeah, get uh, 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 yeah, to get the gears moving. Mm-hmm. Among other uh, things, the internet will make it. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, so uh, that's what I'm working on: a bunch of weird side projects, and and the priority is Square. So uh, please, have you not given any thought to like um, uh, where Big Brick might go in the future? Like what what it might be tied to? Any of these smaller projects you could use the name Big Brick for? Um, for example, well, I mean, like uh, every we all have ideas and stuff, but like we all have to figure out if there's like a feasible idea in the future. I'm sure we'll take a break after square because, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. And, um, of course, but I mean, like in the interim, there are probably small things that you could chuck at it. I mean, sort of just to assist the brand. Uh, it's keep it afloat. Uh, I feel like all of us are, are, are very busy, um, in, you know, outside of, uh, uh, adventures of square. And, Right. That's, that's that's going to always kind of be like, okay, when's the time in which we can start thinking about something a little bit serious past Square? Because I'll be damned if we're using sure. ZDoom again for any anything that we're going to be making in the future. Huh. Well, uh, I it's, mean... It's uh... getting, like, the more you use ZDoom, uh, the more I'm getting annoyed at its design thus far. <laughs> well, to be fair, that's something that happens with every engine. Right. Yeah, but, I'd imagine uh, Grafzal calling you all losers and morons probably isn't helping. No, nice. I'm not even going to say it's, like, it's it's that. It just it feels like at some point. Well, for the longest time, Randy was the was the chief um, guider of the design of ZDoom, uh, where she put a lot of um, it was emphasis on like expanding it around how Hexen expanded the Doom engine because all the Hexen is a superset. Of, of of what Doom could do, and um, it kind of kept in that. But then, as features got added and more and more and more, the the uh, the overall design started uh, falling apart because it was got, it got less and less consistent. Especially when you have a bunch of uh, programmers uh, that want to help with the project, uh, and and no, there's no fault in, in wanting to help, but it, it starts diverging if you don't have an, an overarching. Uh, director for that sort of thing so it's it's it, with software it becomes even more um uh, uh important to get all that stuff on track um it might be especially so because i don't know like with anything anything creative and that needs you know some kind of organization it's it's hard to keep things in line and it's i don't know like graph tries to put his foot down with like the nose but which which I do not fault him for at all. He's got to say no a lot more, a lot more often to people's crazy features because they want that one little thing that'll make their mod really shine and make their work really easy. The word must feel very familiar on his lips at this point. <laughs> but <laughs> but like uh, but yeah, it's it's um I don't know. Uh, we're not going to be using Zedum, whatever we do. Well, sorry, sorry for pressing you on this on this matter, Matt. It's just that you have you know. You claim to be the messiah of indie dev, so I need to... Just How dare you? Don't you dare put words in my mouth. Well, those are your words. No, I did not I did not say that. I'm just saying Square is... is uh, is uh, is a. We don't need to put words in your mouth. You have been out-talking all of us combined this episode. I'd, I'd just like to say to the audience before we began, Matt was going, ah, I can't speak on any of this stuff. I don't know anything at all about this. And here he is just being a chat bucket. No, I'm, I mean, <laughs> Beer to the rescue. it's all tangential. It's all it's all the concepts behind the stuff you're talking about. It's, <laughs> it's not Tower of Tangents. That is exactly the point of this. 
Do you really think any of us know anything about anything at no, all? No, that's why it's a podcast. It's just a bunch of dudes <laughs> talking about shit. That's that's every single podcast. <laughs> no one needs this. We don't need any of it. I don't know about you guys, but I'm looking forward to Adventures of Fez. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Fonz? Since you're pulling out the rug from uh, Matt forcibly, maybe you'd like to take the spotlight for a bit. Uh, a little bit. I mean, I could pull a rug out from under Matt a little bit because I've been literally, well, not literally doing that, but I have been trying to procure the services of one of his most stalwart level designers in Caesar to get him to finish up something somewhere else because he, like me, has caught that bug wherein we've all got ideas, we've all got things we need to contribute to, and we can only afford to spend so much time, yada, yada, yada. Uh, one of the things that he had on one of the back burners that I've now got around to helping him with is the Doom 2 The Way I Did Lost episodes. Um, and if you remember, the first Doom the way it did had its own lost episodes pack that numbered, I think it was six episodes, something well in excess of 45 levels or so. Um, Doom 2 the way it did doesn't, didn't have nearly that much um, off run, but there's easily a megawatts plus worth there. And we're busy tying that together. And it's, it's been, <laughs> as is the case with so many of these things, near completion for a good long while. And it just needs a little bit of a shove. And while he is focusing on Square, I'm helping him tie things up there. Uh, hopefully, also with the added benefit of him uh, returning to finish off a certain other map for a certain other project that is also near completion, and that X X thing of Doom World is currently sobbing in serial over. Finally, finally, the release of Scythe X. <laughs> <laughs> finally. Anyway, there seems to be. I mean, the Lost episodes seem to get a little bit of playtime, uh, surprisingly. Um, I, I guess because of its branding, um, tied to the super popular original. So uh, hopefully people will have fun with the Lost episodes. Um, the thing with the sort of adjudication when it came to selecting the maps for Doom to the way it did is that uh, there, are, there are obviously a lot of great maps in there that are simply left out because of just authenticity purposes. And they actually play, I think, a lot better than some of the levels in doing the way it did so it's not it's not just an excess pack and the maps are worse it's uh it's an honest to god decent level set in its own right so look forward to that assholes mm-hmm. cool. and then we just cut the podcast and it ends with you calling people assholes <laughs> look forward to that assholes and with that yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think that'll actually be a nice place to cut it actually because we are starting to run on I have not kept track of time at all, but I know it was an hour since I started keeping track of time, so I can only imagine how long (laughs) this has been going on with all of these wonderful little tangents. But it has been a pleasure having you along with us. It's always nice seeing things from the other side of the pond, and it's always nice to hear other takes on things. Nice. Well, I mean, look, to me, VR seems to occupy, because there seems to be a big section of the audience from VR, and they seem to occupy their own space, but also they hang in a sort of limbo where they could be joining either community. And so they have interests. They have one foot in either side. And so I think getting an even number of, have me on more often is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> You're shilling for yourself. And maybe Matt, but he sort of hogs some of the limelight a little bit and he talks a little bit too much. I'm a guest. <laughs> I, 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 this is the first time I've been and on. Fonz isn't? <laughs> I mean, Fonz has been on this way more than I have. I'm not, I'm not just 
I'm not trying to look. Stop me if I keep talking, please. Why? It's so fascinating. No, the, so the less. What is it? That one line. You have from, a lovely uh, sensual voice. Oh, thank you. Is that is that one line from uh, Four Rooms, uh, that movie that nobody watched? Uh, it, it's uh, uh, during Quentin Tarantino's piece. Uh, the less, oh, that is the question I was about to ask. The, the, le- the, less, uh, the less declarative statements a person makes, the less foolish they seem in, restro- in uh, retrospect, I believe is the quote. Well, you're going to be having a whole bunch of uh, looking back on things now, then, I bet you. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, and we're done. It, no, 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 not yet. You're not in charge of this. You're not in charge of this show, you bitch. And with that... <laughs> But yes, I would like to thank you very much, Fonz, for coming along. Uh, you too, Matt. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, oh, what am I, chocolate liver? And I would also, <laughs> I would also like, like to thank Kinsey before he interrupted me thanking him. So I guess I won't thank him after all. Dick. <laughs> and but, yes. Craig, who has not changed expression for the last two hours of discussion. <laughs> yes, Craig, our interesting little robot recorder. I'm. I'm still not 100% on this uh, studio that Fonz has set up for us, but it will be interesting to see how this goes. But with this, this officially concludes Season 2 of Intermission. This is the end of E2M8, and from that, well, we're going to be taking a little bit of a break. We're going to let some things seep in, see the uh, of our own projects. Uh, let the community fester for a little bit, have things happen, how things go, and who knows? Maybe we'll come back by the, before the end of the year. Maybe we'll come back at the start of next year. As if we don't take a break after every episode. Yeah, that's true. We have a two-week break between every episode. Maybe you can be like WXR and just go straight into the next season without a break at all. Yeah. How about no? How about no? reviews each episode. <laughs> I already spent enough time editing this as it is, though. I will be interesting now that Craig is recording and I won't have to piece together the audio tracks one by one. I will be interested in seeing how this streamlines editing. It'll be interesting. (laughs) But who knows? What will the future hold? Well, we'll find out. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you all next season. Bye. It's been real. Cut the asshole. No, I refuse. That'd really hurt. Ah!